Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Hi, Sean, how are you? Uh, can we start with your story, uh, if of that's course. okay? Yes, uh, yeah. uh, when did this happen for you? So, well, I've had two experiences. So my first experience was um, 2019. I got um, pregnant through an IVF cycle and all was going perfectly in the pregnancy until week 25 when all of a sudden multiple abnormalities were found in the pregnancy, which was a huge shock because the 20-week scan, the, the big one, had been fine. Mm. So, yes, at 25 weeks, multiple multiple issues were found with him and, you know, kind of... How did they find them? It was just... I was going back to do a routine appointment with the consultant and they said, sure, look, pop back in for another scan. We just couldn't get a clear visual of his face the last time. He had his hands in front of his face. So they said, we just, we just want to see that and we'll just do all the rest at the same time. And then it was, oh, right, well, I think there's a few issues with his brain and he did have a little cleft lip and his bones weren't developing on target the way they should and, you know, a a, a list of Mm. issues. And were they at that point to say to you definitively what the prognosis was and all this? At no stage, unfortunately, was I able to get a definitive diagnosis with that pregnancy. So what followed then was a few weeks of I was referred for uh, more ultrasounds and an amniocentesis where they take a little bit of the fluid and they they test that for genetic and chromosomal issues, which that came back clear. Uh, I did a fetal MRI, so they checked his brain and that. So because nothing was coming back on the tests, there was no definitive diagnosis there was no prognosis Mm. so they couldn't tell me they knew that it wasn't good that in in all likelihood he was going to die but they didn't know when and that's where I fell outside of the legislation because there was a small possibility he could live longer than the 28 days which is the cut off for the legislation so therefore you know, they, they, their hands were tied with what they could do and what they could offer me here in mm. Ireland. And what could they offer you? Uh, to support me during the pregnancy. That's that's what they could offer me. Mm. Um, and, you know, to just monitor me every couple of weeks and, and that and just see how, how it was progressing. But what they told me was that, you know, when he was born with all the issues with his brain, that he would have multiple daily seizures. He would not be able to breathe, you know, efficiently. He wouldn't be able to feed because of his cleft lip. He, you know, he would have little to no motor function. So I really just couldn't put any child baby through that, yeah. you know, for, for, you know when, when the overall prognosis is that they're going to die. You know, that must have been devastating. For absolutely, you. absolutely. It's just your brain goes into some sort of shock crisis mode, mm. and yeah, I mean, it's it's quite prolonged um, as well with all the testing and that, and that does make it quite difficult because you're you're waiting and you're thinking, okay, well, at my next scan I'll have some more answers, and then at my next scan I'll have some more answers, and you, and there, there never was any answers at, at that time with that pregnancy. So what did you do then? How, how did you go about getting a referral then? So, yeah, so I mean, they advised that they could refer my case over to, to England, um, you know, and again, to see if, if they could come up with a prognosis or to see what, what, what they would do. So they did refer me over to, to Liverpool and I got a call from Liverpool Hospital to say they had reviewed my case and um, I fulfilled their criteria for a termination. So if, if I wish to end the pregnancy, they would be able to help me with that. Yeah, and... and- have to, 
in the sense, you were 25 weeks pregnant. Yes. So this wasn't, you know, getting a pill or anything. This was no, a no, no. Well, this was, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the full full labour and delivery you go yeah. through. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, it was actually by the time all the tests and that were done, I was actually 30 weeks by the time I travelled over to Liverpool. Yeah. So, so the, very late on uh, in the pregnancy. And so, so did they put in, you know, a special arrangements given, given it was that kind of a termination? No, that's yeah. it. That's not too unusual. The majority yeah. of the the members, obviously, as I'm, you know, I'm I'm a board member of LMC who provides support for for women in this situation, and the majority of our members are over twenty weeks gestation. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what happens then in terms of a funeral and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, that you see, I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I sent Theo was the name of, of my first son, so I sent Theo off for a post mortem uh, to see if I could get some answers as to what his condition was. So because of that, I left his body in in Liverpool to go off to Alderhay Hospital to have a to have a post mortem, and I went back two weeks later for a cremation again because you're there. I you know I'm with one other person. There's just the two of us there. It's very, it's very anticlimactic. There's no, it doesn't feel like it's properly honouring his little life. You know, it's mm. just a little, just you, my friend, and, and a coffin. Do you know, in, in a crematorium, that's, that's what And that all happened in Liverpool. That all happened in Liverpool, but since supporting the women in, through LMC, I have learned that, that, that put me in the, in the lucky category because some women don't have the resources or they have, you know, family here that they can't go over again and they have to get the baby's ashes couriered home to them in the post. And then some that want to bring their baby back with them, they have to bring the remains back, their baby's body back, uh, sometimes in a cool box on, on the boat. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely horrific. It's just, it's just not... Not acceptable. And you said this is one of two experiences you've had like this. What was the second one? So I then last year went on to conceive again through IVF um, and uh, they monitored me very carefully. And at 17 weeks, again, the same type of abnormalities started showing themselves again in the brain, in the structure of his brain. It was another little boy. Um, This time with the help of a new geneticist in Hollis Street, they were able to refer my case to her. And she looked at my previous, the, the, the post-mortem results from Theo from my previous pregnancy. And she thought, look, I can get to the bottom of this. So she tested myself. She tested family members. And through that discovered that I was, uh, I have a genetic uh, variant, which unfortunately it can be fatal to boys. And so now we had a prognosis. Now, now we knew that definitely there was no question mark that that this baby was going to die. And mm. because of his the, the abnormalities in his brain, it became apparent that he was only going to live for a matter of hours after after birth. So they were able to put a much more rigid timeline on it once they had a prognosis. Yeah, and did they have to go through this procedure where two doctors have to sign off on this? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the way it works is that you have, uh, you, well, the way it worked in my case is they had a multidisciplinary team, so they would have had, you know, fetal medicine consultants and the geneticist and, you know, paediatricians, things things like that. So, yes, they all reviewed the case and were all, once we had got that genetic diagnosis, and again, I did the same thing. I did an amniocentesis um, to, to, to get, you know, the genetic diagnosis and uh, fetal MRIs to the, see the extent of his condition. Mm. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough going, to say, yeah. to, to say the least. But again, I think I was one of, and I, I, I do use the word lucky in inverted commas, um, but I had a very supportive uh, fetal medicine team and, I, you know, they, they were very good and kind of any time you're freaking out, come in, we'll, we'll give you a scan. 
that's not, uh, you know, the experience of a lot of our members in, in mm. LMC, which, which, is, which is very, very unfortunate. And you gave evidence to, uh, to the Unpack study that was just published. Yes, last I did. Week. Indeed, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, roughly speaking, how many women a year experience something similar to what you went through? Um, well, we personally that, that come to us here in LMC, we would support between 50 and 60 women a year. But who travel? I mean, the, the UK put out their statistics there last week. And from Ireland, 206 women travelled. And of that, so the ground E um, in, in the UK is for kind of fatal fetal abnormality or abnormality leading to severe disability. And 103 women accessed uh, termination under that uh, underground E mm-hmm. in the UK. So that's 103. And then we have the other 103, which uh, is, you know, uh, which a lot of them would possibly fall into the same category. But uh, for ground C, you have to be under 24 weeks and continuing the pregnancy is would pose a greater risk to the health of the, the mother than mm. ending it. Uh, and but, but the rules, just to, to reiterate that for people listening, is that in the case of what would appear to be a fatal fetal abnormality that it has to be they have to come up with a rock solid diagnosis that the death will occur within 28 days and two different doctors have to sign off on that. Correct, yes. Which I imagine can be difficult to do in many circumstances. Absolutely. I mean, if you have a, a, a diagnosis, if you have, you know, one of the chromosomal disorders, trisomy 13 or 18, Pateau or Edwards, you know, or, or anencephaly, you know, things that are predetermined fatal diagnosis, then yes, that's easy to, to easy again. Um, I use the word in inverted commas mm. to, to uh, make a decision on. But when you have cases such as myself, where there is, I mean, genetics is so complex, there can just be a very small variant that's very, very difficult to find. And that obviously can produce all of these different conditions. And two doctors in, in good faith have to agree. And yeah, and when you have cases that are not open and shut, it, it can be very difficult to get that agreement. So because there is that grey area, yeah. what would you what change would you like to see take place? So, I mean, ideally we want obviously that, that 28 day wording limitation to be removed and, and to have kind of conditions that are, that are not limited to, to fatal. Serious, life-limiting conditions, um, uh, including fatal. So to broaden that diagnosis would would take the, the, the onus of the, the doctors because they're working in in this criminalised environment that abortion is still criminalised here if mm. it falls outside the legislation. So so they their hands are tied in a lot of cases and you know they want to offer the help but legally can't. So you're now looking at, at a healthcare system that's, that's, that's operating from a legal standpoint as opposed to from a medical and patient-centred standpoint. Mm. As you know, it's still a hugely controversial subject in this country. There are people who want to roll back that referendum, what would you say to those people? Well, absolutely it is. But I think what we have to fall back on is that this is what we voted for in 2018. Do you know, this is the the majority, you know, over 60% of people voted for this. So this is what we we want. And there was a survey done from the um, Abortion Women's Council uh, there in March of this year. And of that, 80% of the Irish people thought that, or the people that they surveyed, thought that women should not have to travel for termination. So although there are people that obviously would have an opposing viewpoint, the majority want to see women not travelling anymore for abortion and termination and to get the health care that they deserve in their own country. Uh, and though obviously LMC is, is uh, 
you're, you're campaigning to get this change taking place. You're, you're, but you're also called LMC Bereavement Support. I assume you, you also offer services to women who've been through this experience. Absolutely. We're two, it, it's two branches of the same organisation. So the kind of the more political campaigning type one is is, is called TFMR, so Termination for Medical Reasons. And um, obviously that was before my involvement in it and they were fantastic women out kind of campaigning and going door to door. And then the LMC uh, branch of it is the support branch. And we do, we provide support one-on-one group settings and that for women who are facing or have faced this decision. Because I suppose it's a, it's a particular sort of grief. and it, Very it, much it, so. Yeah. Very much. It's very complex, a lot of layers to it. Do you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of trauma associated with it. It, it can be very prota- protracted when you're waiting weeks to get this diagnosis. And I mean, we're there for women who continue on the pregnancy. I mean, obviously that's what I did the second time I continued on my pregnancy and I gave birth to my son and he lived for an hour. So, you know, I have done both and I have seen the mental and physical impact of both. So, you know, that this is what we, we, we aim to. We're peer supporters, so we're not we're not therapists, we're not trained mental health professionals, but we can, you know, we've been there, done that, and we can provide support, a listening ear and and be there for people and, and you know, it's, it's non-direct to support whatever they choose to do. In your experience, you were through IVF, which is harrowing yes. enough for people. Yes, it's uh, brutal, um, yes. Uh, and, and then what happened to in the case of both pregnancies? How do you keep going? How come you're still standing, Alison? Oh, uh, look, um, I love talking about my boys. I'll talk about mm-hmm. them anytime. And, you know, I, I get my strength from them. You know, I do. I, I you know, it... I got the opportunity to become pregnant with the two boys. You know, many women going through IVF do not. So I have to kind of keep holding on to the positives in the situation and what, what I've learned and what I can do for, for other women kind of helps me process the grief. Yeah. Alison Lynch is co-chair of LMC Bereavement Support. Alison, thank you very much. Thanks, John. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. On News Talk.